Well, good morning. My name is Tim. I'm the pastor here. Welcome to Phoenix Bible Church. We love it that you guys have joined us this morning, Uh, especially if you're new, if this is your first time. I know visiting a church can be a a little bit of a unique experience, wondering where to go and where to drop off kids and uh, what we're doing right now and why are we doing what we're doing and why do we sing songs and stand up and sit down and read scripture and and all of those things. And so we want to get you acquainted with why we do that and what we do. Today is actually going to be a good day to sort of step back and talk about that a little bit, where we are as a church and where we're going as a church. Um, but that wasn't the plan, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, I want to celebrate something that Stephen mentioned earlier is our men's camping trip. I think we have a photo of that. Friday and Saturday, the last two days, uh, our men, a group of men, went up to Prescott, Arizona to camp. And uh, what you should be picturing right now is not like a bunch of tents all together and picnic tables and restrooms and um, steak and just a, 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 a nice delicatessen of a time. Uh, what you should be picturing right now is up a mountain on a dirt road that you literally, my son almost flew out of the car driving up because it was so bouncy, and uh, up by uh, Thumb Butte and Prescott and looking over that mountain, tents all separated out. We almost lost some kids. Don't tell the moms, right? Um, but we didn't. Everybody's safe, right? But we camped hardcore uh, as men, but, and we fished, and I did get to bring my son, and he got to fish for the first time, and we camped out in a tent together. It was amazing. But here's the highlight of this trip is Friday night. Uh, we had devotionals and worship and all those things. And Friday night, one of our guys is leading a devotional on one of Jesus' parables and pulling truth out of that. It was really impactful. And he got done and just kind of threw it to uh, these crowd of men. And uh, one by one, I think probably eight guys that ended up being uh, talked about their favorite parable from Jesus, what it's meant to them, how it's impacted their life. And then they went on to give a little mini sermon of how it should impact everybody else's life. And about eight men did this, and we were there for a little while around this fire, hearing all these men, college students to adults, uh, to people with uh, kids and fathers, and all these different people were, were sharing God's truth through the words of Jesus and how it's impacted their life, how it should impact the lives of others. And it was amazing. And I remember the next day, I went to one of our guys who helped plan this, and I said, hey, was that, was that part of the program for last night? Like for one guy to give a devotional off a parable of Jesus, and then for a bunch of guys, like maybe during the week, he had them pick out their favorite parable and, and talk through it and think about it and pray through it and then share it with everybody else. And he said, no, 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 that was just spontaneous. Um, just the guys just did that. And uh, let me just tell you, that's a pastor's dream, Right? that we would sit around a, a campfire and uh, men, boys uh, to, to older men, would sit around and talk about the truth of God's word, specifically the truth uh, of Jesus, how it's impacted their lives, and they would begin to challenge other men to, to have it impact their lives as well and just do that because they felt compelled to by the spirit of God in the woods up a bumpy road camping, Right? That's a pastor's dream that we would raise up men that would be compelled by the Spirit of God to proclaim Jesus and saturate their minds with the words of Jesus and to live this out and to encourage and challenge other people to do the same. And it just happened, right? And so as much fun as the hiking and the fishing and the running around in the woods was, and that was the highlight. And we prayed at the end, this wouldn't just be a weekend, this would be a catalyst for more weekends and more weeks of our lives where men are saturating themselves with the word of God and then imparting that to others. And so wives, can I just say thank you? Men, can we say thank you to our wives? Thanks for letting the men go on this trip, for watching the kids and, and letting this happen. It was a really, really impactful 
time that I hope we have more of. Um, as we get into uh, today, if you are new with us, just right off the bat, as I kind of alluded to, today is going to be a very different kind of morning than we normally do as a church. Uh, we are six weeks into a series on the Sermon on the Mount. That's Matthew 5 through 7, 107 verses of this brilliant, extensive teaching by Jesus. We get directly from the king, words about the kingdom. We get directly from Christ, words about Christianity. It's a great series. We're six weeks into that, and today uh, we came up on a really important topic in the Sermon on the Mount, but also in our culture, and that's lust, sex, and the gospel. In fact, if you were here last week, we set you up for today, and we talked about how some of you would be really excited about today. Because we're talking about sex in church, right? But how some of you would be really nervous and maybe have to mow your yard today, even though we live in Phoenix and you don't have a yard, right? And you would be busy today because you don't want to talk about sex. And there's things that you've done and things have been done to you that you don't want to talk about this in church. You don't want to deal with this issue. And so we set all this up. We've been planning this for a while to have uh, my friend, Dr. Steve Tracy, come in from Phoenix Seminary. He's a professor, author, counselor who has toured the world and seen the effects of lust and distortions of sex. Uh, he has written on that topic, and uh, it was going to be really impactful. We had already collaborated on that and really excited for him to come. And Thursday, late Thursday, uh, we talked, and he has pneumonia. And he said, hey, as much as I want to be there, I just I don't think I'm going to make it on Sunday. I'm getting better, uh, but not better enough. So please pray for him. His name is Dr. Steve Tracy. And um, Pray for him that, that he would continue to heal up. But we, we worked it out. I think he's going to come on October 29th, so just a few weeks away. And so you're still going to get to hear that sermon. I do think it's going to be helpful for all the reasons we just talked about. But then we were left with on Thursday evening, what do we do today? Right? We can shuffle the sermon schedule, and we're going to do that so he can come on the 29th. But what do we do today? And, and for a pastor on Thursday evening who's getting ready to take his son on a camping trip Friday and Saturday, that's what you call an obstacle, in ministry, right? I'm like, what do we do with this Sunday? And so I started thinking and praying and started talking to other leaders who were thinking and praying, and, let's, and we just decided, hey, let's do something we don't normally get to do. Uh, let's talk about uh, a significant moment in the life of our church right now, uh, what's going on, and something practical that, that we need to let you guys know about, and maybe God opened up this door, and it's not an obstacle, it's an opportunity to talk about something significant in the life of our church, and lay it before God, and lay it before you in process, and just throw it out there and say, hey, well, let's pray together for this, and let's talk candidly about this, and that thing is our location, so this is our location currently, uh, we've been looking for a new location, and I'm going to tell you more about that as we go, but but I want to set it up with, with this, that in God's providence, this week marks three years of Phoenix Bible Church. So Thursday, amen. Thursday will uh, officially be our three-year anniversary. And we literally just talked about this two weeks ago. Somebody was like, hey, are we going to do the whole cake and, and celebrate three years? And I was like, I, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know that every year we should be like, hey, we're still here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, I think let's wait till five years. Like, I think we're here. God has us here, and it's amazing, and it is, it is an amazing thing, but let's, let's wait till five years. And, uh, but this came up and just started thinking through, man, what providence of God that he would bring what, what I think is an obstacle and make it into an opportunity to, to sort of see, pull back three years, what has God done, what is he doing, uh, and what is he about to do, and, and how does that intersect our location? So that's what we're going to do today. 
Uh, and so some of you are brand new and you're like, man, this is a lot. Like, or, what am I walking into? And let me just say, we want to lay this before you too. That we want to invite you not just to belong here, but to build here. Because that's what God is doing. He's building his church. And that's an exciting, phenomenal, amazing thing. So you're going to get a peek into what that looks like this morning. So just to give you some context, especially if you are new, uh, a little over three years ago, uh, we were not here. Uh, We weren't in this place. I didn't know this place existed. In fact, my wife and family, we had just moved to Phoenix uh, with a a large megachurch. And a few months into that process of this little baby church that had just started, uh, we were leading that, and it had to close. Uh, The the main church was having some issues, some problems that affected us. They had to close us and lay me off, and I had to stand up three months into a church, just moved here, no family and friends previous in Phoenix, and I had to stand up and say, hey, I'm so sad to tell you this. This church is about to close. Um, And then personally, I had to deal with what that meant for my life. Uh, We started talking to family and friends. We're from Texas originally our whole lives. And as we talked to family and friends, hey, we're here three months, no relational equity, uh, just got laid off. My wife found out she was pregnant in that few week span uh, with our third child. And we just said, hey, what are we going to do? And we talked to a lot of people who were like, hey, just call it a day. I mean, that stinks. Stuff happens. Move back to Texas, get a job at a church and just do that. And we wrestled with that, honestly. We thought, because that seemed like a really stable thing to do, right? Um, We wrestled with that. But then we also wrestled with God led us here. We firmly believed that. And we believed God didn't lead us here to tap us out in three months. And so we started wrestling with this idea of planting a new church. And that's kind of how I'm wired and how God has gifted me. And so I just thought, maybe this is exactly why God brought us here. Instead of asking, why, God, did you do this to us, right, which we did, Asking God, maybe did you bring us here for such a time as this? Because you knew in your sovereignty that we could be your instruments and your tools to help uh, redeem this situation and plant a new church where people would come to know Jesus and take a really sad situation and and bring salvation stories out of that sad situation and a new church out of that situation. And so... One night, some of you guys have heard this, not my best moment, I'm laid on the floor in the fetal position and uh, just asking God why and just really whining, honestly, about what is he doing in this moment. And my wife just stopped me and she said, hey, what would you do if finances and stability weren't a factor? And I said, well, I'd plant a church. And she said, let's do that. My newly pregnant wife with her third child. Really, the person who should be up here sharing this is my wife, amen, uh, a woman of faith and courage. And so we, we set out on a journey. Honestly, if she said no, we wouldn't be here right now. Uh, that's not a good idea if my wife wasn't in this. And so she was, so we set out on a journey with no building, no money, no name, no relational equity, and we said, what if? What if God could, could do something um, new and redeem the situation? And so we got a name. Phoenix Bible Church, and we got a place to meet, and other people began to say, like, how did you get Phoenix Bible Church? How is that name just sitting out there? And I said, well, you dropped the ball. <laughs> we picked it up, right? And God, God saved that name for us, right? And, and it described what we want to be about, that we want to be about preaching God's word and living out God's word. And, and so things started to come together. We raised money, and, and people started to come and say, hey, we don't know what this is going to look like, but we want to see. And God provided a vision for the church as well to say, even in the early stages, we don't know all of this, what it's going to look like, but we want to see a church where the love of Jesus moves. And we still say that today where Jesus was moved by his love for us to come down to earth, the incarnation, to become flesh, 
to enter into humanity. He was moved by his love to live, die, resurrect, so that we could be in relationship with him. And that when his love enters our lives, it moves us just like it moves him. So it moves us to radical devotion to God. It moves us to a a radical dependency on God and a declaration and a demonstration to everyone we know about who God is. And we thought, what if God could raise up a church like that? And what if God could do that in the center of Phoenix where we could engage culture, not exit culture and form a holy huddle, not immerse in culture and just evolve with the times, right? But engage it with truth and love and uphold truth and not sacrifice one ounce of God's truth, but engage the culture right in the heart of the city and love people well with the love of Jesus. And what if God could raise up a church like that? And that's our beginning. And this week is three years of, listen, seeing that happen, of seeing that happen. Some of you have been here since the beginning. Some of you have joined in with us over the last three years, and you've been able to see and participate in that happening. You've been able to serve and love and give and proclaim Jesus with us, right? I said this at the very beginning as well, that my wife is amazing, but if she was the only member of Phoenix Bible Church, we're in trouble, right? We need some other people to join us in this. And a lot of you guys have, have partnered together with us and with one another, and it's been amazing to see. And I just want to roll through just some of what's happened just this year. Uh, some of how God has, has done this through our church. One is we went on our first mission trip this spring to Rocky Point, Mexico. We sent a team to do that. We are supporting our own missionary family. Uh, sent out from PBC to Honduras who is living uh, like Jesus there and being uh, ministers of Jesus in Honduras, and we get to support them financially. I just talked to uh, Chris Wagner. He's the the dad, the husband in that, and just to see how they're doing. And uh, you're going to get to hear from them soon. Actually, they're going to come back here for like a furlough. Uh, some time away, and so you're going to get to hear what, in person what God's been doing through them, and, but you guys have been a part of that. We sent out our first intern to seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He's getting trained up right now to, to go do who knows what for God in the future and be a part of ministry that way, and he started here. We had our first membership class in the spring. We planted a new community group in Central Phoenix. We have given this year $2,500 to church planting across America through the church network we're a part of. Uh, We gave away our entire Easter offering on Easter. We just said, hey, we want all the money that comes in today. We want to give that away completely, not take anything for the church or operationally. We want to give that away. So you guys gave, and we were able to partner with an organization to send, I believe, nine kids to a Christian camp to hear about Jesus for the first time, some of them. Some of them refugee kids who got to hear about Jesus, have their lives changed by Jesus because you guys gave on Easter. And we did that again. We like giving our entire offering away, apparently, because we did that again recently after Harvey, Hurricane Harvey. We decided, hey, on that Sunday, let's give our entire offering away again and not think about what that's going to do to our budget. Let's just be generous like the heart of God is generous, and let's give. And so you guys gave $2,600 to local churches on the ground in Houston. And not only that, we said, hey, we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus in Houston. So January, we're thinking we're going to plan a trip to help rebuild in Houston because it's a long process. And 16 of you guys have signed up to do that. And so that's happening in the life of our church right now. And then on Easter as well, we baptized four people celebrating new life in Jesus. And in two weeks, October 15th, we're going to baptize three more people celebrating new life in Jesus. 
and one of them is a girl named Sarah. Sarah is a girl some of you guys know who's from Italy, and the way Sarah came here is absolutely ridiculous. I uh, met a guy named Colin in Austin, Texas, who is from Scotland. Colin was trying to come, follow me here, it's a crazy story. Colin was trying to come to America to be uh, an intern with our church at the time in Austin. That didn't really work out with his visa, and so he ended up, instead of going back to Scotland, he went to Italy, and he interned with a church in Italy. And there in Italy, he met a girl named Sarah. And a girl named Sarah began to prepare to move to Phoenix, Arizona to go to Phoenix College. And she talked to Colin, who I met one time, who was trying to come to Austin, Texas, but it didn't even work out. She talked to Colin, and, she, and he talked to uh, she, Colin, talked to her. And then <laughs> they talked about, hey, there's a guy named Tim in Phoenix, and I think he planted a church, Phoenix Bible Church. You should at least check that out. So Italy, Scotland, Austin, Phoenix. You tracking with me? She shows up here on a Sunday, tells me that story. That's about a year and a half ago. In two weeks, we're going to baptize Sarah Solomon and celebrate new life in Jesus with her. And so, man, can I just tell you, uh, what we started this church for has happened. Right? There's people that are loving Jesus, living like him, and leading others to him because this church exists, because you served, because you gave, because you believed and you're believing with us now that God could do something amazing in the city of Phoenix. And so can I just say, um, say thank you? Thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for the sacrifices that you have made over the last three years. Some of you, the last six weeks, it all matters. It all leads to stuff like Sarah getting in this baptism tank two weeks from now, celebrating, proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right now, she's with my wife in kids' ministry, celebrating, proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You need to know that's, that's not normal, right? Those kinds of, of circles that we can just see, that connect the dots, that's not, that's not normal, that God is, is doing something, and you've been a significant part of that. So can, can I just say thank you? Uh, thank you for being a part of this. And, and we want to remember that, right? It can be easy to forget, Maybe some of you have really good memories, better than mine, and you're like, Tim, you forgot about this and this and this, and I probably did. Right? But we need to take time to remember what we can of what God has done. I came across Psalm 103 this week. It says this, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the, eagle, like the eagles. Verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The implication there is that we easily forget, don't we? And maybe even some of you today who've been following Jesus for a long time or a short time and you easily forget, God, what are you doing in, through me, and around me? Are you doing anything? Is anything different in this church, in my life, because I've been following you? And you easily forget. And Psalm 103 reminds us, don't, don't forget. And so we take today as not an obstacle, but an opportunity to remember, to celebrate all that God has done over the last three years, but to also look forward and say, God's not done yet. 
There are so many people in Phoenix who still need the love of Jesus to move in and through you to them, right? Barna, a research group who does researches on churches and Christianity, uh, did a study in 2016 uh, that determined that Phoenix was in the bottom 10, the bottom 10 of the most Bible-minded cities in the country. And so uh, Bible-minded cities meaning that the Bible isn't something that's just believed in, but it informs and it affects our decisions, our lifestyle. And if they did all these, these, these research activities and found that, that Phoenix is number 92 in the whole country of the least Bible-minded cities. It's, it's in the bottom 10 of that of, as far as the Bible actually determining how we live our lives. It also found that we're the 12th least church city in America. You can look this up. Just Google Barner Research. The 12th least church city, the number 92 Bible-minded city and you see, here's what I'm convinced of, is that people in Phoenix know a lot about the Bible. They know a lot about church. In fact, some of you are maybe thinking, like, there's a lot of churches, Tim. I'm not sure that these stats are accurate. And I would say there are some churches. And people know about the Bible, and they know about church, and they know how to speak the language. But what I'm convinced of, as I've been here over the last three and a half years, is that a lot of people know about Jesus and about the Bible and about church, but it hasn't informed and affected their hearts and lives. And that's why we're here is because there's a need for that, that people need Jesus, that, that they're like whitewashed tombs, as we've been talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. They're, they're decorated nice on the outside, but they're dying on the inside. That in Phoenix, when you just think about the landscape of Phoenix, we have some of the best resorts in all of America. We have some of the best golf courses and strip malls and restaurants on every corner and subdivisions and neighborhoods and amazing pools because it's really hot here. Right? Things look nice and decorated on the outside, and we distract ourselves, and we have consumerism here that, that is just at, at the tip of our fingers. But on the inside, people need Jesus. And so as we look at why is the church here, what are we remembering and celebrating and looking forward to? There's a need for the gospel of Jesus Christ in Phoenix, and you guys are helping fulfill that need. That's Phoenix as a whole, just to bring it down to this area. If you don't know much about this area, right behind us are some of the most marginalized and poor uh, people of our entire city, right behind us, right across from us are some of the most wealthy, young professionals, even neighborhoods. If you go over to 3rd Street and Lola Coffee and um, Pita Jungle, yes. All those places, some of the most wealthy neighborhoods and some of the most wealthy people. And then you have across the street as well, all these new developments and high-rises and businesses and restaurants. The city is pumping money into downtown Phoenix because they want it to grow and flourish. And you have this unique context that we are in the middle of where you have poor, marginalized, needy people, and then you have wealthy people who think they don't have any needs. But inside, they're dying just like everybody else. And God has placed us here in the midst of that need. That's what you walked into even this morning. And that brings us to our location. We have been at this school over the last two and a half years, ASU Prep. God provided it in an amazing way. Just like we've seen obstacle turn into opportunity, this was one of those, right? We were desperately looking for a morning location, uh, calling, cold calling, pounding the pavement, going to every place possible that you would think like, oh, I think a church could be there. I think that could be a church. Like we did that, 
and we found nothing. We called ASU Prep, and literally on the phone, the guy at the time, one of the principals, just said, hey, when do you need this by? I mean, we're just redoing the stage actually right now, and I think it'll be ready by January 11th. Is that okay? I was like, yes, that is fantastic. Thank you. We're starting a new series today. That works really well for us, right? And so this place has been a blessing, right? I've just talked about it. People have been baptized in this place. People's lives have been changed. You've developed friendships and community and been changed by the word of God in this place. Um, and it's been a blessing. We've been able to bless it. We've done breakfast, lunch, uh, served this school in multiple ways. But over the last few months, this place has become a little bit of a burden. And we've shared that openly and honest with you guys. Uh, they've been taking away some of our storage uh, as a church, and at the same time, doubling our rent. So taking things away, but asking for way more money, which doesn't usually work out uh, in the math. And so we said it before you guys a few months ago, hey, here's some problems that we're having, and we're searching for a new location. We want to do our best to work it out with the school and be a blessing to them and be salt and light to them, but we're going to search for what's next. And that may take six months. It may take five years. We don't know but we're going to start that process. So we began to start that process. And again, an obstacle of this place with lack of storage and sometimes crickets. I don't know if you ever hear the crickets. They're awful, right? Crickets during a sermon doesn't really work well. But a lot of other things, lights being out for three months at a time. And just these obstacles turned into an opportunity to say, hey, we always wanted to set up shop in Phoenix and plant roots in Phoenix. Well, now we just have uh, more of a reason to do that, more motivation to do that. So we started looking and we've been looking and and. Today, I'm letting you know that God has provided a unique opportunity that we are looking into. It's not by any means settled at all. Uh, but, but listen, that's exactly what we want to do is just be transparent. I, I don't have a bunch of slides to show you. I don't have a marketing campaign. I don't have brochures to hand out today, right? The guy canceled on Thursday, right? So we don't have any of that. And as I talked to other leaders and we prayed through this, we said, yeah, but what if we just laid this before the people of God? And said, hey, would you pray with us? And here's, here's the process that we're going through. I don't know if you've experienced that as a church uh, or at any church you've ever been to. Today, you're going to experience that. Right? You're going to get to see, peek behind the curtain of what, what's going on and what God is doing as we move forward as a church with a location. So I want to tell you a little bit about this process that we are in together. There is a building on Washington and First Street, just a few streets over from where we are right now. Uh, there's a Cartel Coffee right now, uh, right there, if you've ever been to that. It's right across the street where the Phoenix Suns play, if you've ever been to a game. Uh, so there's a lot going on right in that corner. And God has provided a potential opportunity at Washington and First Street. Um, I office there currently in that building and have built a lot of relationships with some of those people, even the owners who happen to be Christians. And as we were having obstacles with ASU Prep, God provided an opportunity through them. I started talking to one of the partners of that building who is a Christian, and he just said, hey, what if we, get, what if we had a church in this building? And what would that look like? In fact, we have this lower level that we're going to renovate and uh, kind of build the suit. And, and what if you guys, you probably wouldn't want to do this, but what if, what if we partnered and did that together? And then we started to talk about there's a Fry's, the first full-service grocery store in downtown Phoenix, coming in right at that corner, right in front of where the Phoenix Suns play. In the last, I believe, five to six years, you have Cityscape, where you can go ice skating in the winter in Phoenix. That's an amazing thing. Right there, you got Urban Outfitters. Some of you guys know where that place is. Right there, 
cartel coffee. You have multiple restaurants continue to come in that, uh, in that area, and we'd be right there on the corner. And so just started to talk to other leaders and pray through that and went back to them and say, hey, what would that look like? Yeah, what would that look like to renovate this space, to make it look like a church, and how much could we use it, and how much would you guys use it? And, and so we're, we're having those conversations, and literally the other day, we just walked around and, and pictured what would that look like. We're going to do that more this week and meet with their architect and just draw up some basic sketches of what would this look like and how much would it cost. But as we've had these conversations, the blessing in all of this is I'm talking to the owner of a building in the midst of all that downtown who's a Christian who's saying, what would it look like to have a church in this in this building. Again, you need to know that's not normal. As I've talked to pastor friends of mine in this city and other cities, they said, we would love to do something like that. That would never happen. In a downtown area of a, a major city, them asking for a church to come into that. And literally one of the guys said, like, we got the grocery store, we got Cityscape, all these things, the city's pumping money in here. By 2020, we expect for there to be 100,000 people within a one-mile radius of that street corner. That that's all happening. And one of the partners said, you know what we just need, you know what we don't have is a church. I mean, that's ridiculous, right? And he's coming to us and saying, would you guys consider this? Is this something you would think about? And I'm like, yes, right? (laughs) Yes. That's amazing. And so just so you know, again, that's not normal. Uh, But God has provided this opportunity. That's a little bit about uh, what it is. That's what I can tell you now. I don't have a lot more details than that except for this week even. We're continuing to work through this. So I don't know what's going to happen. And we're probably going to be here for at least another year while we figure all that out. Things have to be renovated. Construction takes a while. But but we're going to move towards this. And we're going to lay this before you today to say, hey, let's pray together. At the risk of, in three months, this is nothing, right? But we want to involve you in this, and then we're going to pursue the next thing after that and believe God that he has something for this church for us to not just celebrate and remember a cute story of a church making it three years, but to build a legacy of a church making it 30 years and 100 years that's, not even, uh, that's still around when we're not, and that people's kids who are getting baptized in 20 years that we don't even know yet, Right? That's what we're trying to build, and we're believing God for that with you, and we want to pray with you for this opportunity. So that's what we're going to take a few minutes to do now, is to pray. God, what would you have for us? And we're going to do it under this banner of this statement that we're going to have on the screen for you, that we want this opportunity that we thought was an obstacle. We want this opportunity to, to be not just a location, because some of you I know right now are thinking, okay, is this a building campaign? Is this just about locations? And, and I, I, you kind of tuned out a long time ago. It's not, right? This is an opportunity to see the mission of Jesus go forth in unity and power for the glory of God and the good of Phoenix. To see the mission of Jesus go forth in unity and power for the glory of God and the good of Phoenix. And so we're just going to pray through each part of that line. And so I'm going to invite Bradley, one of our worship leaders, up, and he's going to start that. Uh, he's going to read scripture along those lines, and he's going to pray, uh, kick off a time of prayer. And so here's what's going to happen. Stay focused on this because I know some of you are new. Uh, I'd love for you to group up and pray together with some other people, some people in your community group, your spouse, your family, your friend who brought you. I'd love for you to turn. I know we're in rows. And listen, guys that have been around for a long time, I need you to lead the way in this and not say, well, it's awkward to pray with people. You lead the way in this. And then our new people, especially those who are introverted and are sweating right now, 
you can pray by yourself if you would like to, right? But you could also step out in faith with us and just listen to other people pray and just lean in on that, right? That won't be abnormal. Nobody's going to be like, who are you, right? That's not going to happen. So, so just everybody pray in their own way. Bradley's going to read, and he's going to pray, and, then, uh, and we're just going to invite you to start praying, and then I'll come back up, and we'll transition to the next thing. So w- would you pray with us? Oh, hey, church. If you just make an awkward noise right away, it just relieves the awkwardness for the rest of the time. So just maybe try that. Um, if you're nervous about praying with other people, um, I am going to read Romans 10, 14. Um, through 15, which says, how then will they call on him who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And uh, if you've ever seen my feet, uh, that's a miracle for them to be called beautiful. Cooper, I think you've seen them. Um, So that's one thing that I love about this church is that um, we're not worried about the functionality of uh, doing PBC better, but we're worried about the logistics of uh, expanding the kingdom of God and becoming more uh, gospel-centered. So I'm just going to pray for that right now, and then I'm going to invite you guys to pray uh, either individually or preferably with one another. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the resources and the fortitude that you've given us spiritually, emotionally, materially, and I pray that you would give us um, the sight to focus that on your divine purpose, which you set out before the dawn of time for Phoenix Bible Church. I pray that we would not worry about um, the logistics of church or um, the functionality of space, although those things are important. I just pray that you would endow us with just this central uh, obsession with seeing your name made great, with the gospel going forth in truth and in love in our city. Lord, we acknowledge that anything materially, anything uh, intrinsic, even the faith with which we believe you is not something we've inherited or um, are endowed with on our own, but it's a gift. It's a token of your grace that even the faith with which we believe you is a reflection of your grace, that you've given us that faith. Only you can give that. So we pray that you would increase ours as a church and individually and that you would give us a mission mind to go forth and to see your gospel known in downtown Phoenix. Establish that in our hearts this morning, uh, individually and collectively, as we live out this thing called community, um, and we just seek to further your kingdom. Uh, We love you so much, and in Jesus' name I pray, amen.
our next section of prayer. Uh, as we prayed for the, the mission of Jesus to go forth, you can stay right in the group that you're in. I'm just going to give you the next topic. But we want to see that go forth in unity and in power. We want to see it go forth in unity, that we are locked arms, loving one another, that we are praying against the enemy and our flesh and our selfishness that would divide us. And we are asking God to unite us as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, that the mission of Jesus doesn't go forth through an organization or, in, or, or an institution. It goes forth through the people of God who are unified, and it's through that that you see power. You, it's through that you see fruit. And so we wanna pray for that. We wanna pray for unity. We wanna pray for power as we see this mission of Jesus go forth. So I'm gonna invite one of our leaders, Graham Saunders, up, and he's gonna read a verse and pray along those lines, and then we'll invite you to pray uh, and continue to pray with us. Ephesians, uh, we're going to be reading Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. It says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Um we want to take some time to pray for unity. Um, it's important that in this and as a church, we are unified um, together as a people and that we are unified um, in the word of Christ um, and in his mission for his people. Uh, let's pray together and then we'll uh, go ahead in our groups and pray for unity. Lord, I thank you for your, for your grace and for your love that you have um, so willingly lavished upon us. I thank you for your provision for Phoenix Bible Church. Um, and I thank you just for uh, blessing us. And um, I thank you for growing your church. I pray for unity in the church, God, that we would be unified together, um, that we would hold fast to your truth, and that we would seek um, to glorify you in everything, um, to honor you in everything, that we would never compromise that truth, that we'd be unified in it. And I also pray... Um, just for your power, Lord. I pray for your will to be done in this church. Um, and I pray against any divisiveness, any um, pity things that we as humans uh, will cling to. God, I pray that we could put those aside um, and be unified. Let's, um, amen. Let's take some time to pray for that.
Well, as we transition to the last part of that statement, we're saying that we want to see this opportunity, whatever it is, is an opportunity to see the mission of Jesus go forth in unity and power for the glory of God and the good of Phoenix. So we're going to pray for the glory of God to come and that that Phoenix, uh, people in Phoenix who don't even know that the glory of God is good for them, that the glory of God would come to them specifically, those who don't know Jesus, those who aren't connected to a church, that the glory of God would be shown and put on display through Phoenix Bible Church, through whatever our next step is, whatever location God provides, that the glory of God is the banner over all of that. Amen? And so let's take some time to pray for that and pray that the glory of God would meet the good of Phoenix and we'd get to be intersecting all of that. So take a few minutes to pray for that. I'm actually going to invite up Brad Hart, one of our leaders, to uh, to, to read and pray along those lines as well. Ephesians three twenty through 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, you are good and righteous and holy, and through our sin and our filth, you sent your Son, who knew no sin, to bear our sin and save us, and we're so thankful for your love and your grace. And God, we know that you have created and sustained all things, and we are here this morning. We have breath in our lungs because you have ordained it. And God, we are here together in this church as a body because you have ordained it. God, whatever the purpose of Phoenix Bible Church is in this city, God, we are trusting you in that. And Father, I pray that we would, you would rise people up in this city, in this church, to live out your will and to live out what you have called us to. God, we are a body. We all have our unique talents and um, our giftings that you have given us. Um, I fa- Father, I pray that uh, we would seek you out. Uh, we would be fervent in our prayer, in our uh, devotion, our time with you. God, that we would draw closer to you. God, we would be able as a church to reach those who are lost because we know that, God, there is joy in heaven for those that come to know you, those that are lost, that were lost and are now found, for those sinners that are now brought to repentance. And so, Father, as a church, I, I pray that, God, you would use us uh, in that, that we would put our trust and our hope in you. That we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take some time to pray through that now.
Well, hey, as we, uh, as we get ready to close this, this portion down, thank you for praying. Um, thank you for listening and just being in tune with the heart of God today, hopefully, and just seeing, just like we are as leaders, what are you, what are you doing, God, and what do you have for us, and celebrating what he's done and, and looking forward to what he's going to do. And um, I know as a, a church plant, a new church, uh, that's all that means, but uh, as a pastor, uh, who's done that over the last three years? Uh, you get a lot of interactions with people, some pastors, some just people, some non Christians who are like, You're doing what? Why would you do that? Um, you get all kinds of responses, but, but some of the responses across the board, honestly, from Christians and non Christians, because of the story that I laid out before you guys uh, of how we came here, our beginnings. And, uh, and, and what we're even doing now in downtown Phoenix in a, in a school. Uh, sometimes when I, I lay all those things before people, they say, like, um, you think this can work? <laughs> uh, they say things like, uh, have you ever thought about moving out uh, further where more people live in the suburbs? Because um, you could just kind of do, like, step one, step two, step three there, and, and you guys, man, you'd be fine and uh, build a church, and that, that would be fine. And... Uh, and people say a lot of different things like that. And what they're kind of saying is like, they wonder and in their heart and their faith, they wonder like, can God, can God do something here with, with this, uh, with what Phoenix Bible Church is? And, and I always try to respond graciously in those moments and humbly, because honestly, I, I have those questions myself. I'm like, God, what are you, you going to do? What have you been doing? And, and what's this going to be like in 30 years? And um, and so we have those, those conversations, but they're usually around uh, the practical, right? They're usually around, like, uh, demographics. They're usually around um, highways and signage and exposure and, and different things like that or um, just really practical things. And it's in those moments where you kind of step back and you have to look at God's word and you're like, do I really believe this, right? And do I really have faith uh, in Jesus? And do I really believe God called us here? And those things that happened at the beginning that, do we really believe that? And collectively, do we really believe this, God's word? Or do we just look at strategies and logistics and step-by-steps of, of what a typical church needs? And, and honestly, it's, it's those times where God moves in such a beautiful way, in a powerful way, is when we go back to scripture and we say, you know what, there is a gap. And that's really what people are saying. There's a gap right? There's a gap of what seems normal and doable and stable and all of those things and logical. And then there's over here, like, um, there's a a people who need Jesus. And there's a a people in an area who doesn't have a lot of churches. And there's a need, the 12th least church uh, city in the country, the the 92, uh, 92nd rather, least Bible-minded city in the country, and then a downtown where you have this disparity between the poor and the wealthy, and they don't cross the street. And God has placed us in the center of that, and you have all this, and then you have logic, right? And you have what's reasonable, and then you have all this need, and you know what the gap is in there is faith. The gap is faith. That if we just did everything according to logic and strategy and practical, we wouldn't need faith. 
We wouldn't need to be the people of God depending upon God and his spirit to move and crying out for him to do that today in our prayers and proclaiming him every week and going out of this place every week. We wouldn't need that if we, if we didn't have to rely upon faith. We would just be an organization, an entity, and that's not what we are. We are the, the church of God, the people of God sent on mission by God to lean on faith and see the gap close from what's logical and reasonable and what's needed and where the gospel is needed and see that converge and see the people of God say, I'm going to sacrifice and lean in on that. And so that's where we are, right? We don't think of just what's practical and logical and just maneuver around and just make decisions off that. And, and in this moment, that's, that's not what we're doing. We're saying we want to have faith. God, God, you can grow a church here. And you have grown a church here. And you're providing opportunities that are unheard of and abnormal. And that's, that's faith. And so I don't know a lot of things, but I know this is a dark place. And we just talked about in the Sermon on the Mount that we are light. And I think as a church, we should have faith to not just look at the practicals, but look at the need for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we should have faith and we should lean in on that. And we should say, hey, there's some darkness and we're kind of supposed to be the light. Let's mobilize that and go into the darkness and let's just do that. And let's figure out the, the practicals along the way. But, but let's see, we are light. Let's go into the darkness. That's what we are supposed to do. That's what we're called to do. And that's what I'm inviting you into is our next steps as a church. My prayer is that today you would be able to look back on October 1st when the dude canceled for the sex sermon, right? <laughs> that you would be able to look back on that day and say, hey, it was my first Sunday. And I, was, I didn't know any of these people. And I didn't know what we were talking about. I didn't know all the background. I'd never done anything like that before, never prayed across the aisle in a, in a church on a Sunday morning, that people that would have been here, you could say, I've been here since the very beginning, and we never really did anything like that. that you could say, that's Sunday where the guy canceled, and we did this thing where we talked about three years as a church in our location and how that would be a banner for the glory of God and a tool for the glory of God for the future and a legacy of Phoenix Bible Church, that you could say, I was there for that day. And God didn't just change a church or provide a location, but he changed my life. And he invited me into what he was doing on a deeper level with my family, with my kids, with my neighbors, with my friends. That that would be your, your story. And that would come out of today because we have faith that God would move. Would you continue to pray with me for this? Uh, we'll do our best to keep you updated. Uh, even after this week, we may have some more details. And, and just be patient with us and pray with us that God would, would move through this. Um, and that he would grow his church in the city of Phoenix. Amen? So let's continue to pray for that together. Uh, next week, we're going to be back in the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to talk about marriage and divorce. So buckle up your seatbelt for that and come back next week. Excited to dig into that with you. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you uh, for this morning. We thank you that uh, these men and women uh, aren't here by accident. They, they have been brought here uh, by your Holy Spirit, they've been motivated to come here, and maybe they didn't realize that this morning when they woke up, but, but you had a plan for them. And God, I do pray it wouldn't just be about a church location or next steps for a, an organization, but it would be about their life, that they would begin to pray and seek you in their own life about what does it look like to be sent out on the mission of Jesus in unity and power 
for the glory of God and the good of Phoenix themselves, their neighbors, their friends, their coworkers. God, that you would do a work in them this morning. And that we could say in five years, um, in 10 years, hey, we were there and God changed some things in our hearts and our minds and, um, and it was transformative. And that more people are gonna know about the love of Jesus and live like Jesus and lead others to Jesus because you have moved through these men and women on October 1st, 2017. We pray that would happen. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.